it took me a couple of years. It took some serious and honest reflection about where I had been starting from the beginning, where you expect someone in my position with my childhood and family situation to be at this stage of their life. And just thinking about this whole life experience of 30 years, it really moved me and finally opened my eyes to see that God has been faithful to me. Welcome to the 9 to 5 podcast, conversations with Christians about lives of faith, integrity, and excellence at work. They are from Christians in Commerce, a ministry supporting and encouraging men and women to be Christ in the workplaces. We hope you enjoy this episode. Well, today we're going to talk with Brian Huntington. Brian, it's good to be with you. Good afternoon, Steve. Brian, uh, you just celebrated his 31st birthday, so you're kind of looking back at your first 30 years. That's right. Brian is an uh, attorney with a pretty prestigious law firm in the Twin Cities area called Larkin, Larkin Hoffman. But I thought it would be really good to look back over your background uh, and just see how your life and your relationship with the Lord and your living out your career and now family, how all that has unfolded. Uh, so let's start by taking a look at the beginning, your family situation that you faced growing up had quite a few challenges in it. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? That's true. I'm the product of a single-parent uh, household. Father left the home when I was about a year and a half, and they divorced at three years old. Uh, didn't have much of a relationship with him beyond my teenage years. I had one sister, uh, 10 years older than me. Uh, various issues with my sister, uh, we were very different people, and uh, she got pregnant at 16 and uh, struggled with various issues. It was just a challenging household. My mother had to go back to work when my parents got divorced, and we really scraped out a living. I remember raiding the piggy bank sometimes to pay for food. It was very tight. I had to start working at about 15 years old just to pay for basic necessities of life of my own and continued working through high school and certainly into college and ever since uh, to put food on the table. So you went to, uh, what was middle school and high school like for you? Uprooted in middle school, came out to Bloomington, Minnesota in eighth grade, fell in with not the best crowd out here, kind of a rougher crowd, uh, unfortunately. But eventually, as I moved into high school, uh, started to to meet some really great people. Went to Jefferson High School. Was not a great student. Really struggled academically. Distracted by work, certainly, but also didn't have much of a view of what my future was going to be. Didn't have a clear picture of where my career was going to go. Knew I wanted a family and wanted to be able to support a family. But my grades during high school were fairly subpar, so much so that I was just grateful to have graduated. It was one of those things where I knew for sure I was graduating only because they had a, so a spot for me at graduation, and I was sure grateful for that. So what happened after high school then? What did you decide to do and how that unfold? 
Well, my dream college was St. Thomas throughout high school, and uh, I applied to them, promptly got rejected, was fairly uncertain where my life was going to go from there, enrolled in community college, Normandale Community College here in Bloomington, and was still living at, living at home during that time, started to get very involved at Normandale, met some really mature students, students who were returning to school with a purpose to advance in their career, really benefited from spending time with them, seeing what their priorities were, which were very different from my priorities at the time. You, uh, you learned some things about yourself while you were at Normandale College, didn't you? I did. I learned what my passions were. I learned that I really had an interest in politics, an interest in law, an interest in argument, and started to pursue those both through extracurricular activities and through the courses I was selecting. So you kind of, uh, your interest in studies and what you were learning kind of began to come alive. You got more engaged with it. That's right. I What I realized was that God had gifted me with some pretty unique talents and abilities, and I needed to start honing those abilities and start playing to my strengths. So what was your, speaking of uh, your relationship with God, what would you say your faith life was like at that point? I had grown up in a household where I was baptized early, got through all the sacraments on time, but I can't say reading the gospel was anything that we would do regularly or going to confession, any of those other things. I did not feel I had a personal relationship with Jesus. I felt like I went to church and was even active in church, lecturing, cantering, more out of a routine. This is just what we do in this house. And that would remain true through Normandale. I was still involved, but can't say I would pray to the Lord in a really personal way. If anything, I think I pray to the Lord more as, well, you're the creator and I'm the pot, and uh, I have no right to question what you're doing, but it w- there was not a conversation. So after Normandale, you do two years at Normandale, you end up at St. John's University in Collegeville. How did that experience affect your life? Significantly. St. John's is located by St. Cloud, Minnesota. It's a very, fairly rural environment. Lots of open space, beautiful lakes, trails. And at St. John's, it's run by a group of monastic monks. And I was fortunate enough to have a job where I interacted with them with fair regularity and got to see how committed they were to their faith in terms of regular attendance at morning, afternoon, evening prayers, talking about their prayer life, even just in ordinary conversation, asking what they might pray for you. And there's something very special about St. John's. It feels like you are removed from the ordinary rush and the ordinary pressures and concerns of the world that occupy so much of our time uh, in any modern city environment. It feels like things are at a slower pace and you can focus more on the important things. So a little easier to come in tune with the transcendent and the reality of God in that kind of environment. Absolutely. 
So you, it was a pretty positive experience for you at St. John's? Yes, it was. And I was how- still growing and understanding what it meant to be a more involved Christian inside. Rather than just going through the motions, I was starting to think about how, in terms of the way I interacted with people, treated people, and really saw the world, there was, there was a process that was ongoing that had started there. Was there anything in particular you walked away from St. John's with? Many people probably don't remember anything that was said at their college commencement ceremony, but I distinctly remember that the speaker told students not to forget their keys, and the keys that they were leaving St. John's with were the Benedictine values that are so foundational at that school and were respect, charity, compassion, love, honor. Those are all things that were emphasized there, and those were all things that were very much imprinted on me as I walked away. Well, this would probably be a good time to take a break. We'll come back. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about the career that you entered into, the vocation, what that was like, and then a little bit more about how your faith is actually working out as you begin to practice law. Bring your Christian coworkers together using our free resources. Go to workingforourfather.com and download a free copy of The Three Keys to Transformative Small Groups. You'll find it on our Challenge Group page. Our newsletter and Workday Reflections will help launch meaningful conversations about lives of faith, integrity, and excellence. So you finished up at St. John's, and you're ready to go to law school. How does that work out for you? What was your experience? I love learning. Law school is an incredible challenge, even for those who are very much passionate about the subject matter, passionate about being a vigorous advocate, zealous advocate, both the amount of learning that is undertaken, but also in the modern legal environment. And when I graduated, which was in 2013, we still had four law schools open at that time. Now we have three here in the Twin Cities. But we had 800 lawyers being churned out every year. And the market didn't support that. So not only were you concerned about your academics, but you were greatly concerned about what extracurricular activities am I able to put on my resume? Am I getting the best clerkship? Am I getting the best internship? Am I on law review or moot court? These were all things that took up a great deal of my time and actually put a very intense uh, strain on me It was perhaps the first instance where I felt like I really had to lean into my faith because there were times where it just felt overwhelming. Even though I knew it would ultimately come to an end, I just had to pray for guidance each day and and strength to endure the trial. And there were many trials in law school trying to get a Summer clerkship, your second year, is a major concern for lawyers, and I had over 20 interviews for that. When I finally got a clerkship, I thought for sure I was going to work there post-law school. A couple of months before graduation, I learned that there wouldn't be a place for me, that they, they couldn't take me on board, and that was devastating. And I had to scramble 
at that time to try and find something. Ultimately found myself doing a clerkship almost 200 miles from my hometown in Brainerd, Minnesota, which I had very little familiarity with, didn't know anybody up there, but it was a desperate time and I needed to gain the skills. So that's ultimately where I went. So you land up in Brainerd, not where you wanted to end up, uh, 200 miles away from home. What does it look like to you? What are you experiencing? It was a rather bleak time in my life. The people were excellent. The judge I clerked for, I have great respect for, and I, I really adored my coworkers. But I was making a very modest salary, and I had nearly $200,000 in law school and college debt. Interest alone on my loans was about $900 a month. I was eating ramen uh, and peanut butter sandwiches. I'm certainly not a cook, so I was eating quite terribly. And I didn't see the Lord's plan. I felt like the Lord had delivered me up there, that he had given me this opportunity, but I really wanted to get home. I really wanted to, to come back to my family. My mother at that time was still single and I wanted to be present for her. I missed family and friends. So I really, once again, was desperately crying out to the Lord, Lord, please show me. I'm a very thick-headed person. You have to show me what's the next step. Where am I going? And I, there was a lot of pleading at that time, not only for a job, but at that time also, I was nearing my late 20s and single, and there weren't Many women in that area that, um, you know, it didn't make sense if I was going to relocate, but I really wanted to start thinking about marriage and uh, family life. I saw a lot of my friends had that. And so I was praying quite fervently for that as well. Uh, Lord, please deliver a woman into my life. So how did that all work out? <laughs> well, it worked out better than I could have ever imagined. The Lord heard both of those prayers and delivered on both of them. Maybe it wasn't on the timeline that I wanted, but I had a friend at the firm I'm at now who, when I was getting together with her one evening, happened to mention that there was an opening at the firm. Now, for context, the law firm is a mile away from where I went to high school it's a mile away from where I lived for 15 years. It's six blocks away from Normandale Community College. It's my hometown. And it was surreal because I had looked all across the state and even interviewed for a position in Madison, Wisconsin, didn't know where I was going to end up. And for the Lord to place me right back home, right where I so strongly desire to be, was unbelievable. And it happened within a very short period of time. After I finally moved back, I couldn't believe that a colleague of mine from law school who in law school had said, you should really start, you should really think about meeting uh, my wife's cousin. I feel you have a lot in common. At that time, I said, you know, I'm sorry, I'm too busy. I said no at that time to that opportunity, but after I'd been back about a year, 
that idea popped into his mind again. And that time I said, sure, let's have coffee. And about a year later, I was engaged. And about two years later, I was married. And now as we're sitting here, uh, my wife is expecting due in August. Congratulations. Thank you. You also learned you had some interesting connections with your wife, too, that you weren't aware of. That's right. As it happens, we both went to the same high school. We both worked at the same grocery store within a period of about a year with each other. We both had went to two different Catholic churches in Bloomington. The church that I was going to at the time, her father served on a stewardship commission with me, a very small group of about eight people. And the commonalities were never-ending. But the, the truth of the matter was, looking back, I wasn't mature enough earlier that if we had met, I'm not sure it would have worked at that time. And I needed to go through kind of a growth process internally to be the right person for her. So the Lord did deliver on that prayer. Again, I think it took me a while to give credit to the Lord on these things. I think that especially with the career, it's easy to pat yourself on the back and look at your resume and be proud with it and look at all the effort that I'd put in trying to maintain relationships and doing all the informational interviews that they tell you to do without really giving thanks to God for putting you in the right place at the right time. And it took me a while to finally recognize that and just to be in awe of it. So did you recognize God's faithfulness through this? I did. It took me a couple of years. It took some serious and honest reflection about where I had been, starting from the beginning, where you expect someone in my position with my childhood and family situation to be at this stage of their life. And just thinking about this whole life experience of 30 years, it really moved me and finally opened my eyes to see that God has been faithful to me. So Luckard Hoffman is a pretty prominent firm in town. How large is it? We're a firm of about 85 lawyers. And there's a particular area of expertise that you operate in? you tell us a little bit about that? I am a trial lawyer, a litigation attorney. So I represent property owners enforcing their property rights. And I've been with the firm for about five years now. So how do you see yourself serving God in this vocation? And uh, how does your relationship with Jesus Christ influence the kind of lawyer that you are? Well, I think it does so in multiple respects. First off, the way I give of my time, one thing that I love about my job is that I get to be very active in the community. And I get to dedicate time to the men's club at my church and participate in their fish fry. And they've got a tree lot and they're just very active and it's very important for someone in my profession, which ultimately is a sales profession, for your, your name to be recognized in the community. But I get to give back to the community and especially give back to the Lord, uh, both in volunteer time and in helping his various ministries. With respect to my day-to-day -day practice, 
I think it really influences the way I look at the lawyer-client relationship. I was just in Tennessee recently with in Nashville, and everywhere you'd go, you'd see these uh, you'd see these signs with this lawyer holding up a pair of boxing glove, and he's going to fight for you, and he's going to be the tough guy. And for a lot of people, that's what they're looking for. They're looking for the the bulldog, and what I've realized that is actually very anti-productive in many situations and it leads to people treating lawyers treating other lawyers without respect without decency kind of a gotcha game and my faith the way i try and incorporate it into my practice is certainly treating people with respect recognizing their worth their value but exploring my faith with clients where I can, where I feel it's um, something that they're open to, I'll suggest that we pray before a hearing or before a deposition or an important ruling. I'll suggest that we look at what the Lord's plan or purpose might be and whatever the situation could be. And I think it plays into just trying to be very practical uh, in the advice that I'm giving uh, as opposed to let's uh, run up the score as much as possible or engage in scorched earth litigation, uh, I think it, it affects the advice that I give uh, to try and find what's a just outcome under the circumstances. And also just internally within the office, one thing I noticed was that I had practiced here for years and still didn't know the names of certain people on my floor, I'm ashamed to say. And part of that's because lawyers are so obsessed with the billable hour. It's all about the billable hour. And what that would mean is that I'd come into the office, close my door, leave to go get lunch, close it again, and really not interact with staff. And I committed just within the last year, actually, to try and remember each week a new person's name and be sure to use it just to show that I value them and to to give them some recognition as as uh, people of God, uh, people who are worthy of your attention and your time. Well, people don't know it. We used you as actually as an interviewer early on in one of our early podcasts where you interviewed an associate former Larkin Hoffman attorney, Chris Dietzen, who is associate justice the Supreme Court in uh, the Twin Cities, or in Minnesota, actually. And uh, that was a good experience for you, I know. So you kind of, obviously this firm has a lot of, raises good attorneys. You have a bright career ahead of you, and God certainly has been faithful to you. So looking ahead, what particular challenge comes to mind for you in growing in your faith and growing in your calling that God has given to you in life? As, a, as an attorney, as a lawyer, as a uh, husband, as a f- new, soon-to-be father. The challenge that comes to mind is, of course, how do you balance, and I know we hate that word balance, but how do you balance the professional career and now not just a marriage, but a new person uh, in your family and how to find peace in that Certainly, I I have a a wife who 
really keeps me focused on the right things, I'm thankful to say, and keeps me focused on family life. So that's a major consideration for me right now. And also, I, I really do want to keep incorporating my faith into my my career, make sure that I'm doing things that I'm proud of, and make sure that I continue to use the gifts that God has given me for, for His purposes. Well, I think uh, looking at your, your background and the faithfulness you've seen from God in that and your sincerity of wanting to walk in the light of God's presence in all aspects of your life and integrate that together, uh, I can promise you God will be faithful just as you've seen his faithfulness in the past. So God bless you. Thank you for this, Brian. God bless you. Thank you, Steve. Thanks for listening to this podcast. You'll want to check out our website at workingforourfather.com. It's constantly being updated with new content to support you and others in living your faith at work.